Good afternoon, a little bit after 1 o'clock. Together we're listening to KPFK, world famous KPFK, 90.7 FM all over Southern California, 98.7 FM out of Santa Barbara County, and of course, streaming for the world at kpfk.org. Hi, hello, howdy. Michael Benner with Intervision now till 2 o'clock on this Friday afternoon. It's a pleasure to be with you. As always, we're live today, as is usually the case. And uh, today we're going to have a guest. About half of the time I state a theme and go to the telephones and the other roughly 50% of the shows we do. We're blessed to have in-studio guests, and I'm really looking forward to the show today. Because we have an author who, uh, well, she's more than an author, although one of the reasons that she's with us today is she has a brand new book that we're anxious to tell you about. But in this case, this is a woman who is also a friend of mine who I've known for lots and lots of years. I ran out of fingers trying to add it all up, and I haven't seen her in, what did we figure? Has it been 15 years or so since? At least, yeah. Uh, having moved to the Midwest, to Wisconsin, from Southern California. It's just a delight to have her with us. She is a high priestess in the Dianic tradition. We're going to talk today about women's rights and women's mysteries and intuitive ways of creating your own ceremony and ritual. And her name is Ruth Barrett. Hello, Ruth, and welcome to KPFK. Hi, Michael. Very happy to be here. So nice to see you again. It makes me feel like we must have just been kids when we first got here. <laughs> it together. feels that way. We were doing great stuff back then. Though, I, I think have so. To say. I think so. Yeah. I have very few regrets. Uh, me too. In that regard. <laughs> and we're both doing the same kinds of things we were doing back in the day. Yes. Deepening. Yeah. And I must say that you and your partner then and other people individuals that I met through you were, without a doubt, my most influential teachers of feminism. Mm. Wow. And I'm sure I've never thanked you for that. So let's huh. begin today wow. by me publicly <laughs> thanking you for taking huh. me by the hand uh, into feminism and yeah. saying, Michael, this isn't nearly as scary as you think it might be. Come on <laughs> in. And uh, the mm. water is fine. Mm. And uh, let's take a look at patriarchy and let's mm-hmm. look at the ancient goddess traditions. Mm-hmm. And um, it just took my understanding of spirituality and comparative philosophy mm. and religion 
uh, leaps and bounds. And so I'm glad to have a chance to thank you for that. Wow. I, uh, it's an honor to be a facilitator for anyone, <laughs> especially you around Save this. us thank from you. patriarchy. <laughs> I wish I could. Why should all men, <laughs> why should all men re-examine the nature of these patriarchal religions and take mm. another look at what feminism in its most spiritual traditions has to offer? Uh, because it's liberating. <laughs> I mean, at its very base, uh, for us to examine the, the, the context in which we live, the water in which we swim, and um, that we also, um, and especially men, in answering your question, the privileges that the, uh, you know, the polluted water affords us it's still polluted so um i think that it's about uh, a quality of life going towards a quality of life beyond our our dreams it's an interesting in fact interesting what an understatement it's absolutely compelling fascinating that much of humanity especially in the west has portrayed god the most divine Mm -hmm. as a man Yes. And nature, I mean, matter, material, mater, as uh, the mother. Sometimes I think if it were the other way around, we wouldn't have to worry about the environment. We mm-hmm. would worship the environment. Yes. If, if it were a male environment and, and a goddess in heaven. What's your best sense of what this dichotomy is, is, is about in that sense? Why that kind of dichotomy? And how can we get a, a, a more inclusive view? I think that the the basically the way it's been for the past five thousand years with spirit being separated from matter um, this this split if you will uh, it's come into the new age movement certainly is the split between mind body spirit that kind of of way of thinking whereas in earlier traditions and in in other religions spiritualities uh, including ones that still exist today. Um, that division does not exist. And so you have a more integrated understanding about, oh, what do I eat? How does, what does that have to do with my health? What does that have to do with politics? What does that have to do with, um, the quality of my personal relationships? Looking for the, the, the threads, the webs between, uh, basically the different seemingly isolated aspects of our lives. And I think that this way of compartmentalizing um, that we often are actually trained to do through the, our educational systems in this country, um, it helps, it reinforces separation. And um, when I think about uh, goddess traditions um, or more earth-based uh, traditions, um, the notion that we are separate from the earth is just not, I mean, that's, to me, where the problems have come in, because if you are connected to the earth, if you are understand that what you do ha- has an effect, um, it's like you don't piss in your own bed. I mean, on purpose. <laughs> well, know? Birds, don't, birds know enough not to follow their nest. Well, they have more sense than we, don't bird they? Bird brains, right. Bird brains. We're the ones that follow our nest right. and spray poison on food we intend to eat. Uh, yeah, it's, it, ins- it's crazy. It's just doesn't make any sense at all it's not logical it is uh you know we are poisoning ourselves so you know why are we doing this um uh, again it's about let's look at the inner into the way that all these different issues are interconnected and wake up (laughs) so is spiritual feminism Mm -hmm. 
a form of mysticism? Mm, that's a great question. I mean, your book is mm-hmm. entitled Women's Rights, Women's mm-hmm, Mysteries. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the subtitle is uh, what? Creating a, Intuitive Ritual Creation. Intuitive Ritual. Yes. I want to talk about intuition yes. today, too. But And women's rights, that's obviously a play on words. Mm-hmm. Yes, We're it talking is. here about R-I-T-E-S. Yes. But, that's right. Uh, in the sense that mysticism tends to be more harmonious mm-hmm. and more unitive, mm-hmm. again, less likely to see... Mm-hmm. spirit and matter as separate, as you mm-hmm. said, more likely to see the material world as a reflection yes. or an outpicturing, a manifestation of mm-hmm. things spiritual, which would make everything sacred, Yes, yes. which yes. would mean nothing is not spiritual. That's right, which means the decisions we make would come out of a different paradigm. So does mysticism come out of the goddess religions, do you think? Oh, yes. Absolutely. Shamanism. Yes, there's aspects of shamanism. I mean, there's so many different versions. There's not just one goddess religion. So you have different orientations. Now, as long as I've known you, you've been uh, mostly aligned with or dedicated Mm -hmm. to a devotee of, Mm -hmm. I'm not sure how you say it, the (laughs) Dianic lineage. Mm -hmm. What is is that, or how does that Mm -hmm. is different from some of the other uh, spiritual feminist mm-hmm. traditions. Well, it, first of all, it's a it's a, a pagan tradition. It's a Wiccan tradition or witchcraft, modern witchcraft tradition that came out of the feminist activism of the early 1970s, actually in Los Angeles. Um, and so, uh, it's a woman-centered, goddess-centered, earth-based denomination of what is called witchcraft or the craft and it is um when i say it's woman-centered and goddess-centered it means that the rituals are oriented towards women's experience there are many more um, goddess traditions and wiccan traditions that are uh are also um, for women and men so that that is one of the differences between the dianic tradition and other craft traditions is that it is um, for women only. It is about the female life cycle. It addresses specifically um, female rites of passage, meaning, you know, everything from what we call the blood mysteries, which are menstruation, menopause, birth giving, those kinds of things, um, to... uh, just the experience that a woman has living in this culture that is very distinct and different from a man living in this culture. What is your sense of the status of women in the United States in 2007? Hmm. Uh, for example, remember the ERA? Yeah, which when didn't that... pass. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, that... we still don't have the Equal Rights Amendment passed yeah. in this country. And it's not debated anymore. No, no one even so knows that it... it was trying to get passed. Yes. <laughs> so when the founding dad said all mm-hmm. men are created mm-hmm. equal, uh, they meant white all, all white, All white men. White men. You <laughs> yes. look at the Senate today, we yes. get the idea yes. of what they're talking Never about. Never mind women. Yeah. Are you... Um, do you remain optimistic and encouraged that uh, that feminism will un- eventually be embraced in spite of the smear campaign against it? I sure hope so. Um, I think that there are a lot of s- very smart young women and young men who are not put off by the 
um, the the definition of the, that we're in the post-feminist movement. I always I'm always shocked by hearing people talk about f- post-feminism because I'm thinking, well, I, I, we're still living in patriarchy. How can we be living in a post-feminist world? Um, so that is part of the backlash, and and um, so I I'm optimistic, um, cautiously optimistic. Um, I think that it's still about uh, educating our younger younger people that that there has been a feminist movement that has enabled them to actually enjoy many more liberties uh, than they did in the past. Um, we have such short-term memories about you know the activists that have made certain things possible for us, and and then it's like, well, you know, everything's good now. What do we need this for or that for? What do we need feminism for? It's all okay. And I'm I look around going. We've only just started. How can you say it's over? <laughs> you know? Well, who's saying it's all good though? My God, these uh, are... there are there are. I've talked to women who think that somehow, like I mean, I look at them like ostriches in the sand. You know, that they think, well, don't we have? It's like almost like like a brainwashing. Aren't we all? You know, we're making more money than we ever did. Women still are not making to the dollar what men are, um, and. I kind of, I don't know, it's weird. I'm in shock. It's like, did you get a lobotomy or something? Is it in the water that you don't see what's happening? So that frightens me. That's the part that is um, frightens me. But I also meet, I've been meeting more and more younger women that are awake and know that they have, um, you know, a world to contribute to and uh, changes to make. And how do you feel, Ruth, when you see the uh, apparent, uh, the women who in American politics appear to be leaders, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's Hillary Clinton or Condi Rice mm-hmm. or Nancy Pelosi, mm-hmm. uh, these women are really not feminists. Um, I I would like to think Pelosi is. I don't yeah. know. Um, the jury's I think, out on Nancy. I, I, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, and I, I think that what we do have are very strong women, no matter what their different backgrounds are, what they do have in common, is that they have had to go through a heck of a lot to be in the positions that they are. They have to be incredibly strong to have survived it. So you found something nice to say about Candy. Yes, yes, I have. And even Hillary. Uh, and even good. Hillary, yes. And I, you know, there's things about Hillary that I do appreciate and, um, and certainly uh, uh, Nancy Pelosi. I just think that, you know, it's a beginning. you got to start, you know, they're... I don't know. We'll see. No, I hear you. Yeah, you'll you'll, we'll you'll be thankful for whatever yeah. progress we can make yeah. in that direction. Yeah. Because it, it uh, I, I don't mean to oversimplify this, mm-hmm. but in in many ways, my sense of what we're talking about is that there is a power mm-hmm. extant, everywhere equally present, that uh, is other than force and violence. Mm-hmm. And that women know that power, perhaps because you give mm-hmm. birth. Mm-hmm. And the closest that men can seem to get to that is uh, either to stand by the bedside and help you breathe during birth. Uh, of course, they inseminate women. Mm-hmm. But uh, in terms of the vitality of the birth, mm-hmm. I think the closest men, again, this is a generalization, mm-hmm. but sure. the closest they get to that, is the taking of life. Mm. I mean, women bring life into the world, mm-hmm. 
men tend to be the ones mm-hmm. that that murder and kill and slaughter. Now, I, I see women aspiring to go into combat, but you've mm-hmm. already said, well, it's not as simple as mm-hmm. them just emulating patriarchy. Mm-hmm. It's a matter of rights and mm-hmm. opportunities and so on and so forth. But um, what? help me with this. Help me. What is, first of all, is there a power that is more powerful than force and violence? And if so, what is that power? Well, uh, as a priestess of the goddess, um, I would say what many other religions ultimately say, which is it's about love. It's about connection. It's about connections of all kinds. It's about love of Allah, really learning to care deeply, have, have compassion, um, and to be there for one another. And I mean, it sounds so simple, but it's so, you know, it seems to be the challenge that continues. And, um, I think that the more that we can focus, uh, ritual, focus spirituality on connection. And of course, the word religion, um, as I understand it, the, originates in the words that mean relinking, to relink. That's what it translates to, to relink, to, re- to relink to the creator, to relink to, um, being part of, um, being a, being in partnership with the creator to create a different world. Um, I am very optimistic. As frightened as I am many times, I am also optimistic because we, there are going to be, and there are enough of us who, uh, can hold, I'm going to use this term maybe uh, is unfamiliar to you, but I think of it as holding form for peace, holding form for love, which means, um, uh, energizing that in the world in many, many different ways that I can. Manifesting? Manifesting it. Attracting. We have the secret now. I want to, actually, let me introduce you and then we'll go into that, uh, ambivalent Mm, territory if you don't mind. Ruth Barrett is my guest. (laughs) Ruth is a friend of mine who, uh, I'm just thrilled to see after many, many years. And, uh, we knew each other back in the day and, she has a wonderful new book that, uh, that I want you to know about. It's called Women's Rights, Women's Mysteries. You're going to be at the Bodhi Tree in a couple of days, or is I'm it I'm going tonight? to be at the Bodhi Tree tonight. Tonight. At, at 7.30, and it's going to be a wonderful evening um, of music. I'm going to be doing about a half hour of music with um, my daughter, who is um, half of the group, the Diddy Bops. Mm-hmm. Um, who are here in L.A., and a couple other friends, and um, Abby DeWald. And we're and then I'm going to talk about the book and sign books at 7.30 at the Bodhi Tree tonight. Great. Bodhi Tree, everybody in this audience, I think, knows where Bodhi Tree is. But if you're not sure, it's Melrose, just three blocks west of La Cienega. Yes, 8585 and, uh, Melrose. That's it. So you'll be signing books? Absolutely. And- and folks will get a chance to talk to you then. That's 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 going to be fun. So that's uh, tonight. You said at seven or seven thirty. The doors open at seven, and in the room ne- right next to where you go and buy buy books. Right, they've got that new meeting room yeah. next door. Um, so, uh, how come you wrote the book, Women's Rights, Women's Rituals? Um, I wrote Women's Rights, Women's Mysteries. 
I'm sorry. It's women's okay. Women's rights and mysteries. <laughs> women's rights, women's mysteries, intuitive ritual creation. There you go. I wrote it because I've been a ritualist for uh, almost 30 years now, and I help not only facilitating individual women in um, in in actually creating a meaningful experience for themselves, but also groups, uh, small group ritual as well as huge group rituals. Uh, I was. Uh, here for 20 years as um, High Priestess of Circle of Aradia, which is a uh, Dianic uh, organization here in Los Angeles. And um, and so I have a lot of experience to share about how to actually go into your own psyche, into your own deep mind, and retrieve information, sensory information, from sight, sound, taste, touch, hearing, um, that is completely intuitive and to how to bring that forward into a creating an experience that you then will work with and step into it and give to yourself. Um, and the ritual is about is about transformation and in creating a ritual yourself, not one that someone has done for you. It is more, is so much more meaningful because it comes from you. It's about you. It comes from you, sourced from you, and no one can really know what it is you need more than you. And so I've created a process, very systematic, step by step. Um, this is how you begin. This is, you know, takes you through that, that draws upon your own intuitive knowing to create something that will transform you, an experience that you had in your past or present or something that you want to create in the future. So it could be for personal healing yes, as well as global healing. Absolutely. You can totally use the same process, whether it's a group ritual for the, that personal use. And when we say healing, that could be... Healing in the literal sense, it could be learning, yes. it could be improvement or... Um, yes. Uh, I mean, a, a ritual, you can create a ritual for anything that you decide is significant. Now, that can be from your goldfish died when you were five years old and you never gave it that proper funeral. <laughs> it could be like that. Or it could be, you know, the death of a parent or um, a, uh, a miscarriage or relationship breaking up, or you're going to turn 30, 40, 50, 60 in age, and you want to give yourself a special kind of a, mm. of a celebration. Ceremony. Uh, yeah, ceremony. Yeah, or you, you, know, you are going to uh, uh, leave the job you've been slaving at for 40 years, and you're going to, you're going to um, they call it retiring. I, I think there should be a new word for those who actually want to start living again. <laughs> instead of like out to pasture. Um, for I'm going to just give you a quick example if I can, um, because I just reminded myself with this retirement word. It's got, we've got to find a different word. Um, my friend Rose in Wisconsin, she um, is about to quote unquote retire. But really what it is is that she's going to do what she's always wanted to do in full time, which is she is a, a hedge witch. She's a gardener. She does incredible work in, with creating healing salves and and, um, and and essential oils and things like that. Mm. So she um, has been working in this, literally, in this cubicle at this job for the state of, of Wisconsin where I'm living now. And so she's literally going to create this ritual where she create, she, she is surrounded on all four sides 
by um, uh, cardboard. You know, it's going to represent the cubicle for her. This is what she created out of her. This is what I mean by this intuitive process. And she is going to do this um, witnessed by her family, who really doesn't know what she intends to do very much now that she is going to stop working. She's going to literally burst out of this box, the cubicle. She is going to destroy it. (laughs) She's going to tear it to shreds. She is going to burn the, the cardboard. She's going to take the ashes, and she is going to put it into her garden, where she's then going to plant seeds for her future um, work with plants. That's beautiful. You know, intuition is an area that fascinates me. I did a program here mm-hmm. just a few weeks ago about the nature of inspiration, revelation, and realization. Mm. There is an old theosophical term that I used about the rain cloud of knowable things. Mm. As if there is a pool or a reservoir of wisdom that stands above us, Mm. that we can access. Indeed, we do spontaneously when we get those ahas. But wouldn't it be nice to deliberately and consciously... That's right. Create a path of least resistance. Yes, and that's exactly what the process is that I'm trying to do in my book. That's exactly it, is how do we do it on purpose? Right, on purpose. (laughs) On purpose. (laughs) You know, how do we draw from that well of inspiration? We're always looking... We're always looking outside of ourselves to have someone tell us what it is we need. And so, um, to me, about, you know, when we can learn tools to access our own inner knowing... How, you know, how do I need to go from here to here? <laughs> Someone else can tell you, but they're not you. They're not living in your skin. Right. They're not living, they don't have your history, you know. So I think that in it's empowering, really, to be able to know how to access your own truth, your own knowledge, your own ways of 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 actually processing your experience. And that's what my book is endeavoring to do. We've heard the phrase, as a figure of speech, a woman's intuition, Mm -hmm. as if men somehow don't have access to it. Yes. And, of course, we could, but we don't. And men do. They're just like, it's just not. We can, but why don't we? I mean, don't you think intuition (laughs) is the part of being a woman that men still find so mysterious and scary? We don't generally speaking, get it. How do you guys know that stuff? Hmm. I mean, is that even behind the witch burnings and the persecution? I think so. I do. I do think so. Um, Because you guys have been not just the gender that gives birth, mm -hmm. but that heals, Mm -hmm. that uh, makes the poultices and Mm -hmm. the soups and and the... Knows the, know the herbs. But, but see, everything you're just, just described has to do with um, a sensory awareness, right? Touching those things, tasting them, smelling them. Really, you know, we're in it. And then there's the birth, there's blood, right? <laughs> Where there's birth, there's blood. There's that, it, there, it's, it's a, that's an embodied, um, it's embodied wisdom. Mm. But, In spite of the physicalness Mm -hmm. that you've just mentioned, Mm -hmm. this seems to be of another realm. Intuition, is it not a connection to the other side of the veil, to that spiritual source we were talking about? Yes, and, you know, I think it's all, it's a both and. Yeah. It's a both and. Of course. You know, 
We could certainly do a lot in this world by just substituting ands for ors, couldn't we? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Sure. Get in the boat and put your and in the water. <laughs> yeah. I think there's a lot to that. So um, this may seem like a leap, but I'm mm-hmm. trying to build a case that mm-hmm. that a lot of people, especially men, find intuition scary. What is your understanding of the witch burnings in mm. Europe in what the 17th, 18th centuries? Mm-hmm. Yeah, six. Yeah, actually, 13th through 17th centuries. There was a lot. Oh, is that far yeah, back? that far back actually. Um, uh, fear of women, <laughs> fear. But you are our mothers and our sisters. I know sisters it doesn't make any daughters. sense. It doesn't make sense. I think it may have to do with you know this is again my own uh, philosophy or whatever. Um, uh, I think it's very frightening for men to to know how dependent they are on us, and so to we need to be controlled then we're th- we'll be there if we're controlled. I think it's fear of mommy leaving, <laughs> so we'll control you. And if you don't stay controlled, we will we will kill you. <laughs> I know that sounds really out there, but I think that um, it ultimately has to do with fear of what would they do without what would they do without us? Um, never be whole. Never be whole. Not be fed. <laughs> In many not ways, be, not be born, <laughs> not be born. <laughs> Let's see. You know, I think to acknowledge the you such you know the ultimate dependency, it you know life on is with us. You know, and of course, um, it's a it's a it's a joint effort. You know, when it comes to uh, reproduction. I find it curious, if you don't mind going to a little bit of myth, that um, in Wizard of Oz, for example, we have good witches as well as bad witches. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems to me that Walt Disney really did a number mm-hmm. on witchcraft and portrayed the crone mm-hmm. as always evil. Why don't you talk about the crone sure. for a bit and that imagery of the witch of and the course. Halloween and what's oh, happened? Yeah. Well, the crone is the is the old woman, is the uh, the old village you know healer who then became demonized, especially during the times of the Inquisition in Europe and also in this country. Even with the Salem witch trials, you know the the slave. Uh, t- t- uh, forget her name starts with a T. <laughs> anyway, um, the demonizing of old women. And of course, uh, there's, this is a huge area really of discussion because you have a, typically um, the women would outlive the husband. And so you have a woman living on her own. And then um, if she inherited property, then it was a way to get the property. If you accused her of a witchcraft, of witchcraft you could just take her land and get rid of her. Um, and uh, I think that the thing about the fear of old women is that we have to face our mortality. I mean, even Hansel and Gretel. Oh, yeah. Or a woman of power. A wo- power, the, to me, what the witch represents is a woman with power. I mean, isn't that, without the other attachments, it's a woman with power. And so you, when she's demonized, a woman with power equals evil. 
<laughs> well, again, Hansel and Gretel, you know, that old witch is going to put you in the oven. Right. Eat and ya. even a little, yeah, even a little uh-huh. Red Riding Hood yes. goes to her grandmother's yes. bed, and there in grandmother's yes. bed clothes is That's the right. wolf. Right. And of course, as little kids, we don't understand that. But now, yes. as we revisit it, mm-hmm. somebody's doing a number on mm-hmm. the crone. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's taking actually. If you if you take even the concept of the old woman and you, uh, met, uh, you think of it as a metaphor for uh, winter, for end, you know, life ending, then you have old woman and death, um, the ending of the year. This is why at Halloween we have still the symbol of the witch. That is her season. This is the season of winter. It's appropriate for her to be there because this, like, just like now, we're in spring. We just yes. passed spring equinox. And so, you know, we have the, the, in our tradition, the young maiden, it's her time. And of course, we, through the year, she ages. I have a chapter in my book called The Year as a Dancing Woman. And it is about, um, the correlation of women's lives to the season of the year and the cycle, the mythical cycle of the goddess. Ruth Barrett is my guest, and uh, we're talking about a new book that uh, she has written that's now published and available. Ruth will be at the Bodhi Tree tonight. You can see her at 730 in West Hollywood. The book is entitled Women's Rights, Women's Mysteries, and uh, that's got to be a deliberate pun, women's oh, rights. Oh, yes, of yes. course. Okay, in this case, <laughs> R-I-T-E-S. And uh, we'll have more with Ruth. She's going to be here till 2 this afternoon. And if you'd like to call, if you have questions for Ruth, give us a call, uh, 818-985-5735, 985-KPFK in the 818 area code. Brooks is our producer. You'll talk to her. We'll take a short break, and we're going to play one of your songs on the flip side. Great. So stay tuned for that. We'll be back in a flash. Michael Benner, this is Intervision on KPFK. Oh, lady of the glowing moon, oh, lady of the night, I know thee by a thousand names, oh, mistress of And like a songbird in her hand, she had my heart in the setting me free to fly the skies. The
night. Ruth Barrett on KPFK. She's my guest in studio. That's a recording. Which CD is that from? This is actually a CD called The Early Years from uh, the first two recordings I did with my former music partner, Cynthia Smith. Oh, I see. Yeah. I see. Well, um, the only thing that was missing in that is the wonderful dulcimer yes. that I know you play. Yes. So I'll play tonight at the Bodhi Tree. That was my question. <laughs> yeah. And this is not hammered. You play no, the Appalachian yes. lap dulcimer, That's right. right? That's right. Three-stringed Appalachian fretted dulcimer. Fretted dulcimer, mm-hmm. and that's sometimes played with fingers mm-hmm. or... A feather. Yeah, it, it, traditionally it's played with a feather and strummed. I will be finger-picking as well as strumming. Is that an American instrument? Yes, it's an American folk instrument. I think only the banjo and the dulcimer that's right. are They're, really ours. That's right. And the Much rest. to the shock of probably anyone listening yeah. <laughs> to, well, the lute, to think. You know. Yeah, the lute in one form or another goes back, but that Appalachian mm-hmm. dulcimer. Yeah. And, uh, well, not to dwell on this, but as a guitar player, I was yes. always fascinated in, in what you were able to teach me about modes yes. and the different tunings. Yes. And often you'll see a dulcimer player like yourself retune between mm-hmm. songs because you're going into these different That's right. Different modes. set of notes yeah. available. Different tunings. Right. So, well, that's great. So uh, you're going to be at the Bodhi Tree tonight and, uh, in addition to talking about your book. Yes. and the nature of ritual and ceremony and the nature of intuition, mm-hmm. you're going to play the instrument. I want to go to the phones yet, but um, for those who have questions about th- this uh, whole conversation we're having about um, spiritual feminism and radical feminism and, and uh, Wicca and uh, the persecution of <clears throat> pagans and mystics, women and men, for yes, that matter, absolutely. by patriarchal uh, religion in the West. But I want to go back to intuition because the other side of intuition is manifestation. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> the secret DVD is out. Yes. And here, uh, some of us who've dedicated our whole lives to this stuff and always wished more people understood it, uh, here it is, and yet it's packaged in mm-hmm. such a commercial way. Mm-hmm. I want to uh, make clear, I'm going to dedicate a whole show next week. We don't have to dwell on this, because I'm going to do a show next week called What's Right and What's Wrong with the Secret. But I just love your hit. You've been mm-hmm. manifesting. And I guess if, when we think, mm-hmm. most people think of witchcraft, they think again of they manifestation. They think of spellcraft. Yeah, they sure. They think of spellcraft. And yes. hexes and curses mm-hmm. and all of that. Misunderstood, like the oh, secret's being misunderstood. I mean. Yeah, I, I, um. What did you think when you first saw that? I, I've only seen the beginning of, I haven't actually gotten all the way through. Why? <laughs> I don't even remember did why. Did you stand at this up point. and get angry? And um, you know, I, I guess it didn't. I'm thinking there's something new in this. Oh, I see. I, I was thinking, yeah, you know, maybe I missed something, and I didn't. I just ran out of time, so I thought, okay, well, this is the same old, same old. And uh, but but my my issues with, and again, not having seen the whole thing, I may I, I may be speaking out of turn. Um, it's you have the concept of you know it kind of gives you the idea that you know if you just visualize something, then you can make it happen and visualization is absolutely part of spellcraft uh, and manifesting um, part of um, 
you know, certainly in, in the feminist Wiccan traditions as well as others, spellcraft is, is a, s- a central part of the practice. So you have, it's the, uh, the conscious raising, uh, directing and releasing of energy towards a goal. And so it's done through, um, visualization, through words and, and, you know, many of these same things that, uh, I listened to in, in the DVD. Um, and my issues really have to do with, you know, of course, what can you really affect? Um, can, you know, because I know that, you know, I want to see an end to uh, and a transformation of the culture in which we live. And um, I know that I, as an individual, um, I, I am not single-handedly uh, able to transform it as try as I might with my visualization. Okay, I've been doing this for 30 years. <laughs> so it, I have to look at some things having to do with in my personal life because I make things happen all the time. Okay, so um, again, not looking at an either or, but an and concept. I look at what in my own understanding of what makes up reality. And um, there are things, for example, the cultural conditions in which we live that um, I did not create. I wasn't born for <laughs> the last few thousand years, and you know we could talk about reincarnation, but I don't think that's what we're here to talk about today. But um, there are things that I believe that we can we've co-created as a human race, and which means we have to uncreate it as a human race, as a culture, um, together. It's not just me who is going to in in one fell swoop on my own disappear violence against women, disappear, sexism and racism and class and all those things that, um, uh, you know, the abuse of the environment, all of those things. However, um, it is about my own personal psychic vote joined with your personal psychic vote, with your personal psychic vote, with yours and yours and yours and yours and yours and yours, and that that means also I'm going to follow my will with action, appropriate action on, in the choices I make on how I live every day. Energy follows the path of least resistance. So I'm going to follow my, my will in what I want to see happen in the world with how I live. I'm less concerned with the video itself or the book that, mm-hmm. uh, that has come out than with the Reducing it to bumper sticker phrases, uh-huh. as tends to happen when it gets on Larry King. I call it the just add water. <laughs> there you go. Instant <laughs> just water. Add just water. Add enlightenment, water, enlightenment, just add water. Yeah. Just add water. Yeah, you can have anything you want. Just, vi- yes. just, just, now. just buy it. Right. right. <laughs> Someone's having old, their instant millionaire moment. <laughs> an old saying, if uh, wishes were horses, beggars would ride. Yes. And uh, this is not wishing. These are sacred traditions. Yes. They're exceedingly powerful. But there's a reason they've been secreted mm-hmm. from the beginning of time. Partly, my teachers have mm-hmm. told me, is the obvious to avoid... Misuse? Well, to avoid being burned <laughs> at the stake oh, and persecuted yes. and, mm-hmm. you know, killed. But, yes, to avoid the misuse of this kind of understanding of consciousness becoming a religion mm-hmm. and then crystallized mm-hmm. and and uh, dogmatized mm-hmm. 
and exactly what's happening now. All I got to do is wish. Now yes. we're back to petitioning God. And also blaming the, the, the victim. Yes. Which really is disturbing. It's absurd. Oh, you mustn't be visualizing well enough. Yes. Therefore, this is why this is happening to you. Yes, all yeah. the, the victims of Katrina in New Orleans just didn't uh, manifest well enough. Yes. Some such thing. So yes. yeah, we'll talk about this more next week because well, I wanted to bring it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, your book emphasizes the intuitive side. Yes of these uh, ancient uh, and beautiful traditions. But the manifestation side, I wanted to talk about, too. You want to take some telephone calls? Sure. You have a pair of headphones over there, I'll bet, if you look around, and we'll go to the phones. Mm -hmm. Ruth Barrett is my guest. Her new book is called Women's Rights, Women's uh, Mysteries. And this is a wonderful book on intuiting your own personal rituals and ceremonies. You know, something this culture is really missing is passages, lights of passage. And, you know, Michael, the other thing I did with this book is I wrote a lot about the role of the priestess. I have, it's not only about, in other words, it's the focus is on ritual creation and facilitation and how we can also be there to assist others in helping them have their experience in a way that they get to have it and um, and be supported, and also about how to evaluate rituals and to constantly improve them. But the role of the priestess is not something that's been written about a lot, and I really wanted to contribute to that, uh, basically, discussion. Good, because we'll always need teachers. Yes. We always need teachers. Let's go to the phones, and uh, where do you want to start, Brooks? In Santa Monica with Lily. You're on KPFK on Intervision with my guest, Ruth Barrett. Hi, Lily. Hi, Michael. I thank you for this show, particularly. You're welcome. Thank um, you for calling. Ruth, I've just, you've just got me galvanized, and I'd like to know, is any one thing that you would like, and one idea from your book that you would like to be able to get out into the mainstream of the world, of, or at least of America? Sure. Um, well, for one, that our, our stories are important. Our moments are the moments of our lives are more important than I think we realize. And it's my, um, it's my belief that everything that's ever happened to us, both, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly, has an energetic imprint, if you will. And that sometimes, um, when we go through our lives and an experience happens and we don't even necessarily, we might, we might, we might um, agree it's significant at the time, but oftentimes we, we don't. And then it's only in retrospect we go, wow, that was a life-changing moment. Or out of that experience, I decided fill in the blank about the world or about love or about myself or about uh, human beings. And so we act out of these unconscious decisions that based on these experiences that we have in our lives. And I would like to... to I, I would love people to bring forward a more conscious understanding about what, how do we get here? <laughs> uh, what were the experiences that led me to believe the way I do? And decide if we want to keep going that way or if we want to change it. Do we want to re-ascribe meaning to that experience? So, in other words, to go free. Yes. Yeah. Okay, thank you so much. Thanks, Lily. Okay, bye. Let's go to West L.A. And, Richard, you're on Impact. On impact. Listen to me. I just flash back <laughs> 20 years. Um, I'm KPFK on Intervision. Hi, Richard. Hey, hey Mike. It's uh, Robert, actually. Oh, okay, Robert. Hey, Mike. Uh, how, how are you doing? 
I'm better and better, thanks. And Ruth, how are you? Excellent. And Michael, well done. This is by far the most magical presence you've had in your studio in years, man. Well, thank you. Ruth is indeed the real deal. Hey, a moment ago you guys were talking about the persecution of uh, pagans and witches, and I couldn't help but thinking that, you know, so much of what Ruth is talking about is basically being midwives for ourselves, birthing ourselves. And in the patriarchy, that's the first thing we're stripped of. You're, that... you're a smart man. <laughs> that's right. I, I had a mom who taught me about feminism, but and, and uh, good and, job, mom. Yeah, it's it's the moms. They're the there's an understanding in the East that our parents can be have the ability to be our first gurus for real. But um, I I couldn't help but think that, and and um, we're really in the patriarchy. We're divorced from this because we are conditioned to put a great deal of stock in what everybody else says about what we need to do rather than what we know we should do. Yes. You have a question for Ruth? Uh, what, is she, what does she think it's going to take to, to, I don't want to formulate this, uh, one of the great disasters, of course, of the patriarchy was taking birthing, physical birthing, out of the domain of, of women, what does she think it's going to take to get us back to that? Because as far as I'm concerned, hell on earth was kind of released, at least in the West, when the patriarchy and its ideas about birthing and how it should be handled took yes. over. Well, it's kind of central to going back to the story of, uh, of Genesis. You know, remember, it's suffering in childbirth is supposed to be the punishment for eating of the tree of knowledge nasty fairy tales (laughs) right exactly so um uh you know there is um there are more and more um midwives that are coming back into practice and i think certainly supporting midwives um nurse midwives and um and other there are many other midwives um that take other routes and apprentice and um and they often have a very hard uh way to go you know now uh, because they, there's competition, you know, for the OBGYNs and, and such. And I would say, you know, support your local midwife association, <laughs> you know, because they often have to deal with really, really uh, difficult challenges in, in, with laws and various things that keep them from working um, and actually practicing what they know. Robert, thanks for your good call. Thanks. Take care. Have a great day. Are you familiar with Ina May Gaskin? Spiritual midwifery? Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. From the farm. Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah, Stephen's yeah, yeah, yeah. wife. Right. And uh, it's been years and years oh since gosh. I've seen the two of them. But um, whenever midwifery comes up, mm-hmm. and I mention her name, women's faces yeah. just light up. Her contribution, I guess. It been... was you, and she was a pioneer. Yeah, she was. She was a pioneer. Because that book goes back to the earlier mid-80s. I, I have think. a copy on my shelf. There you go. <laughs> so... Ina May and Stephen, wherever you yes. good souls are, God bless you. Mm-hmm. Goddess bless you. What do we do with this God-Goddess thing? What do you suggest to guys like me that mm. I have a problem with either? I mean, to me, the idea of the divine source having gender. Mm-hmm. Sure. Wh- what can I do uh, to acknowledge, should I say God-Goddess all that is? Should I just... Maybe. I I, I think that... Um... Ultimately, we're just, you know, our little human pea brains are trying to grapple with the great mystery, 
right? Um, I don't think any anyone has a line on the truth, whatever that is. <laughs> However, I think we're talking about metaphor, and um, you know we're creatures of metaphor. It's one of the gifts of our of our brains, of our minds. So to visualize the goddess as a human form would be just as false as to visualize God as a man. Or again, it's both true. Yeah. However, well, yeah, however, obviously. however, she gives birth to him. So from from the cosmology that I um, am a part of and uh, perpetuate, um, she was there from the beginning. And I use, I mean, I'm talking about even, you know, the gases, the Big Bang Theory, the whatever you want to call it from how did the universe start. The big letting go, I call <laughs> yeah, it. Or the big O yeah. or whatever. Yeah, that, exactly. <laughs> I can say, oh, we've already been I... chastised for one <laughs> verb today. <laughs> so, um, anyway, um, it's about, um, the release. It, 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 it's about creation. It's yes. about, it's about creation. So for me, there, for me to acknowledge that everything has a mother source, everything has a mother source, everything has a mother, a, a source. To say she was there from the beginning, to say that just as it's all I know, the earth has been here from the beginning. The earth feeds me. The earth takes care of me. I'm going to return to her when I die. That metaphor, it, it rings, it, it's, a, it's a poetic and experiential reality for me. And so for me, when some people, but however, of course, it carries huge political implications so so that's why i use goddess that is also why i use the word goddess because not only is an experience um uh it's it's the poetry of life and i i'm i'm a poet i'm a musician and um spirituality when it really touches us comes through metaphor an experience of a metaphor um uh to to a way to talk about this this thing that's so big that um, we're just can only get, only get glimpses of it from time to time. We just have a few minutes left. I want to get another caller in. Lauren from Newport. Hi, Lauren. You're on the KPFK and Intervision. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I am turning 30 next week, and Ruth, I was wondering if you had an idea for me um, for creating a ritual to where I can. Um, step into my own power because for the last six to eight years I've just been stuck in every aspect of my life <laughs> just not really enjoying much of the last you know six years of my life and I want that to change and I believe in in ritual and I believe in spirituality and I believe that I do have the power within to make a huge shift um, I, I would like Maybe your advice on that. Well, I, I listened very carefully to how you described your situation. And since we were talking about metaphor, what I heard you say, um, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is you talked about wanting to uh, move forward. You talked about feeling stuck. And these are, um, even in the way we in the words we choose to talk about a situ- our situation or an experience we're having can actually be literally um, enacted. So, for example, 
and I'm not, I'm telling you, I'm not, I'm telling you this as just thoughts that are coming to me, not that this is what you should do, uh-huh. um, because you're the one who will know if this resonates for you or not, um, is, uh, create something that you feel stuck in. I mean, literally, you could get your shoes and go into like some kind of muddy area where you feel like, you're, you know, it's hard to move. Mm-hmm. And, um, you might choose, use that as the metaphor of where you're stuck and actually, Talk about it, scream about it, draw about it, and um, and then step out of the shoes. <laughs> I'm just I'm just telling you what's coming into my mind right now. Um, stepping out of those shoes, leave them in the mud, and step forward into the, a future that that is what you want. And you might do that in advance by knowing by deciding really how you want it to be for you. So you're 30. using, you're, uh, you're suggesting that she honor her frames of reference. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, that? and that's, I, in other words, in listening to you, I'm listening to how you chose to describe your situation. We're out of time, Lauren. I gotta let you go. This is the second to the last day of Women's History Month or History Month, and I want to thank you for being a part of that. Thank you. And I want everybody to come and see it tonight at the Bodhi Tree in West Hollywood on Melrose, just west of La Cienega, 7.30. And to buy the book, Women's Rights, Women's Mysteries, Ruth Barrett, my guest. And you're going to have some CDs. I'll have CDs there, and I also will be a few other places in Southern California, so if you want to find out about that, go to www.dancingtreemusic.com, dancingtreemusic.com, and I have a schedule. Oh, nice. Let's not wait another 15 years. Let's not. Okay. You have an open <laughs> invitation. <laughs> Thank you, Thank Michael. Thank you so much for being with us. Ruth Barrett, check this book out, gang, even if you can't get to the Bodhi Tree tonight. And let me thank D'Angelo, as always, for engineering our program, and Brooks for being our producer. Uh, The Ageless Wisdom is my website. You can always approach it through kpfk.org. Let that be the source for all kinds of resources for you. I want to thank you for listening. Thank you for calling. And as always, be gentle, love life, and take care of each other. This is Michael Benner.